This morning as we look in Isaiah chapter 53, we're introduced to descriptives of Jesus that are not as common as what we get in pop culture. I think for each of us as we look at our story and our journeys, part of this life, uh, we like to have similarities with other people. We use labels to describe ourselves in hopes that we can uh, sort of be similar to others around us. We don't like to be alone. We don't want to be lonely. We don't want to be someone who's struggling uniquely with our circumstances and situation. We want someone that can share with us empathy. We want someone that could stand in the gap with us. We desire to have someone that can understand where we're coming from, our view, our story, our perspective on different things, events, and and those types of things. But as we look, uh, the similarities that we desire and the hope to be able to, to get an understanding and the hope to be able, as we wrestle in life with all of the situations that present themselves with all the struggles, with everything uh, that we face uh, that comes down the pike. In Jesus, we have more than a friend. And uh, if our desire is to have someone that can identify with our suffering, however that suffering manifests, uh, whether that suffering is the death of a loved one, whether that suffering is an addiction, whether that suffering is a broken relationship, uh, whether that suffering is self-inflicted or it's inflicted by someone that we love, whether there's broken relationships in our families or with our friends or with coworkers, uh, we just want someone to give us comfort. Isaiah chapter 53 gives us insight into the Son of God, insight into who Jesus is. And if there's one thing that Isaiah 53 portrays as eloquently as any other passage, it's the fact that Jesus identifies with suffering. If you look in verse 3 of Isaiah 53, he says, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. He was a man of sorrow. He was despised by men. He was rejected by men. He had no beauty in him. If you look in verse 2, Verse 2 of the passage tells us, He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. Nothing about his appearance would draw us into the presence of Christ. Nothing about what Jesus presented in his physical makeup would make us want him. And that runs completely counter to our world today. Because oftentimes the most popular people, the most sought after people, are oftentimes those that are considered the most favorable. They look good. They look fine. But when we approach Jesus, we're not approaching the Christ in the physical form that was attractive in the world's view. Jesus was rejected. Jesus was not an object of beauty. Jesus was an object of scorn. And so he identifies with many of us who are suffering. He identifies with suffering. He embodied the sorrows of what suffering could entail. 
He suffered more than anybody else could ever suffer. This God-man, Jesus, born in a manger, crucified on a cross, fully God, fully man, suffered greatly for us. Jesus identifies with suffering. But not only does he identify with suffering, and that is an important aspect of his story, but far more personal to us is the fact that he identifies with suffering, but he identifies with those who suffer. All of us suffer to a certain degree. Some of us suffer with obesity. Some of us suffer with addictions. Some of us suffer with broken relationships. Some of us suffer with physical disabilities. Some of us suffer with mental disabilities, emotional disabilities. Some of us have suffered abuse. Some of us are currently suffering with toxic faith and a lot of other things that have happened in our lives. And it would be easy for us to play the victim card, except for the fact that this Jesus who identifies with suffering is also the one who identifies with people who suffer. He identifies with you and me. What does the Bible tell us in Isaiah 53? Well, if you look in verse 4 of Isaiah 53, he says, Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. He has taken up our problems and our trials. So it's not just that he identifies with them. He's actually taken them up. They've become personal to him. Our struggles have become his struggles. He has been pierced because of our sin. If you look in verse 5 of the passage, he's been pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. He has been crushed due to our evil that we exhibit. He was punished for our sake. And what is the sum total of all of this? That in verse 6 we discover we discover that God has laid upon him the sum total of evil that we all embody. And I want the weight of that to set in for us today as we look at the sacrifice of Jesus. So Jesus' death on the cross was not just suffering on behalf of one of us. Not just suffering for my sin or Todd's sin from my birth to my death. The, the, the sin that, that Jesus took upon the cross was Todd's sin multiplied by the billions of people that are on the face of the planet today as well as the billions upon billions of people who have existed throughout history. Everybody's sin, past, present, future, from the beginning to the culmination to the end, all the sin, all the evil, all the problems, all the iniquity, all the suffering, all the trials, all the sinfulness of the entire universe was laid upon him in the moment of the cross. There is no greater person to identify with those who suffer than Jesus Christ. Because Christ was perfect in every way, fully human, fully God. He did not deserve to suffer. He did not deserve to take on the weight of sin because he himself was sinless. He was righteous. 
He was pure. He was holy. He was without any imperfection. He was the perfect lamb led to slaughter. And the guilt and shame that he took upon himself was not his own. Yet it became his own when he took our evil, our sin, our iniquity upon him. He identifies with our suffering. So no matter how we've suffered, the loss of a loved one, a broken relationship, a marriage that's failed, children who are estranged from us, whatever type of suffering, maybe it's physical pain or mental pain or emotional pain, whatever we want to subscribe, whatever would describe our suffering in this moment, we need to understand that in Christ, we have someone who identifies with suffering, but in Christ, we have someone who identifies with us personally as we suffer. What's the solution? What's the escape? I'm going to tell you today that the solution to your suffering is not popping more pills. The solution to your suffering is not avoiding your situations. The solution to our suffering is not imagining a different world or sticking our head in the sand and pretending like it's going to go away. It's not an attempt to sweep things under the carpet because that never takes care of the issues and problems. The solution to our suffering is the solution to our sin. And the solution to our sin is Jesus. On this Father's Day, I want to encourage you to understand you, have met, you may have had a horrific experience with your earthly father. Maybe he wasn't good to you. I can tell you he wasn't perfect because no one's been perfect except Jesus himself. But I want to tell you in God, we have a great father. A father who has loved us so much that he sent himself. He sent his son, his perfect son into the world so that you and I would not have to suffer in eternity, so that we could have hope, so that we could be blessed, so we could experience his steadfast love, which is known as his grace. The solution to our problems today, the solution to our world today, the solution to everything in our culture, all the issues that we see uh, live before our very eyes uh, in social media and on the news, no matter where we find ourselves, the solution to our problems is our identity and our reckoning with Jesus. Jesus provides healing. If you look in verse 5 of chapter 53, it says, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. By his wounds, his affliction on the cross, the crown of thorns, the nails in his hands and his feet, by his wounds we are healed. And it wasn't accidental. It wasn't an accident that God, through Jesus, went to the cross. It was purposed. How do we know that? We know that because in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 10, the Bible records this, quote, Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, 
He will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. God's will was to crush him and cause him to suffer on our behalf. He took upon himself the evil of the world. It was God's purpose, God's will in Jesus to bring an opportunity of hope to every single person on the face of the planet. So no matter how we suffer, no matter how great we think our suffering is, no matter how far we think we are from God, no matter how distant we may think that we are from His presence, we need to understand that we are only one person away from the Father, and His name is Jesus. And Jesus is not distant from us. Jesus has suffered on our behalf. He suffered on the cross on our behalf before we were ever formed in our mother's womb. Let that sink in. 2,000 years, over 2,000 years before you were ever conceived in your mother's womb, Christ died for every bad thought, every bad action, every bad statement, every sin that you and I are ever going to commit. The debt was paid in full before our mothers ever birthed us into the world. That's God's will. God's will was secure long before we were ever formed in our mother's wombs. God's will was to crush him and cause Christ to suffer on our behalf. God's will is for us to prosper in him. And today, what I want you to know and what I want you to trust in is the provision that God has given through Jesus. God's will was that his son would be a sacrifice for us, that Jesus would suffer on our behalf so that we would not have to suffer the way Jesus suffered. And I don't care how difficult your story's been. I don't care what side of the tracks you grew up on. I don't care what the sum total of your afflictions are, no matter how great you think they are, no matter how vast and enormous your suffering might be. Every human being's suffering pales in comparison to the suffering of Jesus. He has suffered far more and far beyond any of us could ever imagine. And God's will in Christ is that you and I don't have to own that suffering any longer. We simply need to trust in the suffering that God has given and trust in the suffering that Christ has provided. We need to trust in Jesus. We need to be found in Him. We need to be healed through Him. And we need to discover God's will that is upon Him. Today is a day of decision. Jesus identifies with suffering. More importantly, He identifies with those of us who suffer. And then most importantly, He provides the healing that you and I need. He is only a prayer away. Won't you pray to receive him today? Won't you pray to turn your life over him to over him to do today? Won't you simply trust in his provision? Let us pray. Father, we thank you for our time today as we look into your word. We pray, Lord, that you, you who have suffered more than any of us, could provide for us the healing that we need. 
Help us to discern your will and understand that your will from the very beginning was to reconcile all of us back to yourself through Jesus. Help us today to simply pray to you and say, God, I want to trust in you today. I want to be found in you today. I want to be healed through you today. Give us a hope. Help us as we trust in Jesus and lead and guide us in our decision and in our walk. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. We want to thank you for joining us today at First Baptist Church. We'd love to see you on campus. Uh, take an opportunity to come and visit us. We hope that you'll be blessed today and through the course of this week. Uh, and as the, they come and do an invitation, I just want to encourage you where you are uh, in this moment. Trust in Him. Pray to Him. Seek Him. And you will find Him. Be blessed.